covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Your post-game edition of Locked On Browns. Your host here, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, Pete Smith, as always on the post-game show, we're here for that. Uh, guys, look, started good. Po- you know, some positive uh, positivity from the offense, like me and Pete had talked about last night. Get a nice drive under your belt. Look, you're going to need touchdowns. Uh, kicker issues, obviously, you started off well. Kicker issues, a lot of issues. A defense, again, absolutely stinking gassed and was just done at the end. Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, dinged up. Look, the last drive, though, touchdown to set the valve. I mean, you're going to take that. You're impressed that you know what you've gotten six. Uh, he's going to fight to the end. Uh, the fact that they even got Tyrod Ty Taylor up and warming up, I think it's a little bit of an embarrassment. We're going to get into all of this here. Guys, obviously, you know, uh, anybody who follows Pete Smith, read the work over at NFL Spin Zone. But Pete Smith, a lot going on here, and uh, away we go. So... The end of the game summed it up for me when Seth Devolve suddenly gets targeted and catches two passes, one of which is for a touchdown. That that was the whole thing. It was it was almost like rubbing salt in the wound that like you have this dude here who can do stuff. And I granted it's garbage time. I get it, but he's a big target who catches the ball. And though TD was in traffic, and you don't use him ever. Uh, Duke Johnson after getting two touches initially and then seemingly going down but not going out never saw the ball again uh and 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 you get through that initial script and we talked about this on the preview the second they get through it 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 just todd haley becomes todd haley and goes to the stuff that he does every week and you're asking mayfield to to sit there and read and try to do things and run basic pass concepts where nobody can get open and he has to take sacks and the defense is sitting there saying, we're not going to let you get beat as deep. So we're going to give you underneath stuff and our, our defensive pass rushers are going to kill your shitty tackles. And we're just going to freaking beat the hell out of you, which is exactly what happened. Okay. Now everybody who wants to come at me about the wide receiver position, do not even speak about the wide receiver position. We're to the point now where Desmond Harrison is costing points. Points! Literally. He tackled a guy down five yards deep in the end zone. The the, the screenplay. I mean, it was a freaking... It was a hip toss, WWE style. So you want to talk about the wide receiver core and point that at me? What the heck do you expect? This offensive line is doing nothing. And look, Baker Mayfield, the double 360 was fantastic. But you cannot expect this. They are not getting it done. So if your issue is the wide receiving core, hey, how did Antonio Callaway do today? Looked pretty good in the opportunities that they had because the offensive line is not getting done. Desmond Harrison is meeting people in the backfield as Nick Chubb's getting a handoff. It is the offensive line is the issue right now. Look, I don't care if coaches get fired or they stay, but address the blame where it needs to be blamed. Jarvis Landry is not a $14 million wide receiver, so I'm going to tell you that right now. And if you want to point the finger at Damian Ratley, Antonio Callaway, keep in mind that they are second-day and third-day rookies who are doing the best they can with what they have. Should have Ratley played DB on the interception? 100%. Callaway did some things today, so give him some credit for that. Nothing was ever going to be fully accomplished in one offseason, and now you're seeing the cause of it. And look, Desmond Harrison, and look, I know John Costco's talked about it today. Pete has been on it from day one. I gave credit to Harrison as he started to play a little bit better. 
But as Pete says, if you're not really playing dangerous pass rushers, it's a lot easier to look good. And this is where we're at. But here is yet another issue. The Pittsburgh Steelers came out, ran a boatload of plays, and Pete, this defense is stinking gassed, and they can't even go 45 minutes, let alone 60 right now. Well, first on the offense, I, you know, they have become the Jets, and we talked about this after the Jets game and how much uh, we both think Darnold's going to be a really good quarterback, but you're asking, in that case, a 21-year-old rookie to be your playmaker. You're asking him to carry your offense, and when he can't, their offense is garbage. Now, the Browns, if Baker Mayfield doesn't carry you, your your offense is garbage. You're playing with three linemen. Nick Chubb is great, but he can't freaking do it every single time. He had a bunch of explosive runs. But it's just like when the Jets get you know big contributions from Isaiah Crowell. That doesn't make an offense. Uh, you're not getting anything from Al White. And I and I like what I see from Ratley for a six round pick. I'm I'm you know if we're talking about the future, I want to see what he does in another year. I want to see if this can grow into something. That doesn't mean I'm not going to address the position. It just means I'd like to see what he does because I really like what I saw in that one play you mentioned at the, the double 360 thing where Baker Mayfield legitimately goes into the freaking phone booth, comes back out in his Superman and puts the ball right on Ratley and Ratley makes a great play uh, for 21 yards. That's just fantastic quarterback play. But you, as you mentioned, you can't bank on that that can't be your offense that can't be what you do now defensively they got a number of big plays out of the defense and did nothing with it again they have something like 22 or 23 takeaways now at this point and they've scored a grand total of like nine points off of all of them it's it's absurd you get big plays out of kindred you get big plays out of uh, out of uh, these defensive linemen who are causing pressure, which made, at least for while they were fresh and comfortable, made, made Ben Roethlisberger look legitimately uncomfortable. He looked bad at a lot of points. Now, he ultimately, Ben Roethlisberger became Ben Roethlisberger, uh, and you saw it on that Antonio Brown touchdown that, that put them in the lead. But for a while, he did not look remotely good. He looked pretty bad, and, and, and they were forcing him to do things he didn't want to do. And all these plays were, were broken and, and just looked uncomfortable. But at some point, the offense has to actually move the ball and get a couple first downs or whatever. And they dominated the first quarter legitimately on, on in terms of yardage and everything else. But they couldn't put up enough points. They couldn't make enough of a count. And then the, then the offense just got progressively worse. And in the second half, the third quarter, they had something like five total yards and and you're going to sit there and and people are going to criticize the defense and I don't I I I love what the players bring but I, I Greg Williams is an irresponsible reckless hack and I think at this point we're we're getting to this situation where I I think at this point Greg Williams is using Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi to sell his next job and he doesn't care how many plays they play because he's going to take sixty percent of Miles Garrett after 100 plays on the field and try to get that because that's going to make him look better to his next future employer rather than making a responsible choice, which is putting in guys who have had successful NFL careers or at least played good foot football somewhere. Chris Smith vanished. Mize has dropped off the face of the earth since Ogba came back. Anthony Zettel, I think, had seven sacks last year, doesn't play. Carl Davis, in, again, inactive. They don't play, and these guys get worn 
down, and once the defensive line stops going, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, a stud receiver, and a guy who looks like Marshall Falk, at least against the Browns and James Conner, there's not much you can do. I'm amazed it was only this ugly in terms of the, the, the point total. It's you Thank God the, the Steelers came out as slow as they did, or they would have scored something like 50. But this is where this team is. And I've been trying to say this, that like expectations were all out of whack, including from the Browns themselves. This is a bad football team. I would still would not be surprised one iota if at the end of the year where they're four or five wins and that's it. And everybody's sitting there scratching their head going, well, how bad, how could this happen? You have no offensive tackles. Chris Hubbard and Desmond Harrison at this point are runways. They are runways. They are, they job, they are a jobber tag team in the WWE. They don't swing and miss. I guess you give credit for that. They at least slow guys down, but they limit what Baker Mayfield can do. He cannot work outside ways. And a lot of people are, are, are sort of looking, wondering you know, a little bit where the Oklahoma Baker Mayfield is in terms of being able to extend plays. When he tries to extend the play, he's got two tackles right on top of him. So if he takes a step one way or the other, he's already there. So it always feels like a miraculous play because it is when he's able to get outside the pocket and extend those plays. They are so limited in what they can do with these two guys. It's either run up the middle or it's it's stay in the pocket style passing. They really can't. It, it, they're having a difficult time unless it's really quick running play actions and screens because they just get blown up so quickly that it's really difficult to, to see anything. But I, I, again, I can't say this enough. I like a lot of the players on this team. I think the Browns have a lot of talent. I don't think, you know, I, I know Ben Albright takes a lot of heat for this and, and talking about it, at one point he had the Browns ranked at number 10 based on entirely on math. It's not like he just says arbitrarily this is what it is. They have a ton of talent. They are the worst coach team in the league and have been for the better part of three years. This is what has to change. And, and unfortunately, you're stuck with this for another, what, eight games. That's a lo- That's an eternity. That's an absolute eternity. And, and we knew this was going to happen, that we'd get a few games in and everybody's sitting there reg- hating the fact that they kept Hugh Jackson and it already feels like a lost season and it is now a lost season. There is no coming back from this. This is what it is. You are now looking at where are we going from here? Who's going to coach this team? Who's going to stay? And I think mo- for the most part, a lot of this roster will be here. Uh, what are they going to target in the draft? What are they, you know, what, how are they going to fit this to whatever they want to hire and all those things? Stop telling me that you want to trade assets to try to bail out this garbage coaching staff that may not fit the next coaching staff because you want to win because you're bored and tired of losing. Everybody's tired of losing. That doesn't give you an excuse to be stupid with the Browns' assets that they're trying desperately to compile so they can be a winner. That's where this team is at. It's a lost season. You've got to get through it as best you can. Hopefully these young guys continue to get better because some of them are. Denzel Ward's a stud. Baker Mayfield continues to show he's got all the talent in the world. Nick Chubb's great. You've got Guys stepping up like uh, Jannard Avery is looking good as a rookie. You've got Jabril Peppers coming into his own. All these things are great. Injuries are coming into play here, unfortunately, which happens. They're a really thin team. They're really young. Hopefully they get better, but this is what they are. The cake is baked on the Cleveland Browns. Well, and that's the thing, though, but this is still going to be a better season than it has been the last two. But the problem now, and, and Pete, we talked about this for weeks now, is when you have a head coach, an offensive coordinator, and a defensive coordinator, it's none of this is about them now. It's all about what their next gig is. And look, if you add one or two more pieces, if Greg ends up being the guy that's staying, I don't care. I mean, like I know Greg is 
crazy and you know it's almost like he coaches defense where it starts good and then all of a sudden it's like well you know Greg's been doing a shot per drive and now all of a sudden he's just you know back to who he is and just you know blitz the storm but it's it's not so much about the defense the the offensive line it needs it needs to be completed and that is probably and we all talk about this in the draft you know we want to talk draft talk and what this team needs you need a left tackle you need a foundational piece there. We don't have to worry about anything else because you've got the rest. From The interior is fine. Treader out here literally not being able to walk but showing up on game days doing everything he can. Your guards are solid. If you have two guys fighting for right tackle, if you want to bring in another one, do that too. That's fine. But that is the key here because Baker Mayfield, he can do whatever you need him to do, but don't limit him to what he's got to do within 2.6 seconds. And that is what's kind of becoming the issue. Uh, and you know, the deeper stuff will come, and it'll get easier for Baker Mayfield. But he's got to be feel comfortable in the pocket with that, guys. Uh, as far as um, look, betting. Everybody asks me for advice, whether it is you know game advice, fantasy advice. Everybody asks for a ton of it. Um, what I'm going to tell you is who you're betting with is almost as who's um, uh, almost as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I'm going to suggest to you mybookie.com. They've been in business for years, have great online reviews, and their mobile site, clean, simple, easy to use. Guys, trust me, they are your best bet this season. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that have been good to me in the past. Guys, we've talked about this a hundred times. I don't bet a lot, and covering the Cleveland Browns is probably why I don't bet a lot. Um, but if you're going to go ahead, go ahead and uh, go ahead to mybookie.com. You win, they pay. It is that simple. Currently, mybookie.com is slammed with prospective new clients. So it's very difficult to register in the early hours of the day. If you register after 7 p.m. Eastern, it is a lot uh, lot easier, and they will uh, give you a free $25 for doing so. As has always been the standard with MyBookie.com, whatever your initial deposit is, they will match it 100%. So add the $25 onto that. you got a whole bunch of house money to play with. Uh, New promo code with this one, guys. It is locked on, capital L, capital O, 25. Visit MyBookie online today. That is MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Pete, moving on. Uh, whether or not the defense was gassed or it quit, it's an issue here. And look, it, it, the bye week's not coming anytime soon. A couple more weeks. Maybe practice-wise, things of that nature. But something's got to be done here to keep these guys from getting the reps they get. And look, the offense is doing all they can. But with the offensive line and the way it's going here now, and Baker's pretty much just fighting for his life to throw the ball away, you've got to rotate these guys. And the record is what it is. And it's not really going to get better. You've got to persevere because we spoke on this a million times. Larry Ogunjobi, Emmanuel Ogba, Gennard Avery, Miles Garrett. These guys cannot spend their offseason rehabbing as opposed to perfecting crafts. Well, the, let, let, there's a couple things with that. First, that's the obvious part. Not only do you risk injuring them, you risk seriously altering the path of their career in just terms of in the same way that you talk about running back carries and the body only has so many carries in it, You there are only so many pass rushing reps or whatever, you, defensive line reps, asking 300 pound, almost 300-pound guys, 280 in Garrett's case, to just – Pound and pound and pound every play. You're going to get gassed. I think Ezekiel Ansah is a guy who's sort of run into this a little bit and has, has sort of be, been 
irreparably altered as a result, where he's no longer the player he was, even though he's never really missed a ton of time uh, due to injury. He's just sort of been worn down. The other part is, do you want to find out if these other guys have, you know, have any business being on your team next year? Like Anthony Zettel, again, has had success elsewhere. Is he going to be part of the Cleveland Browns next year? Maybe you should find out. In the same way that we criticized the Browns last year for not using Larry Okunjobi basically at all, even though he was great, uh, you didn't sort of work him in enough. He only got like 300-something reps for the whole season. May want to find out about Zuttle. May want to find out about Carl Davis. May want to find out about if if Chris Smith is somebody you want to keep in, in, in the fold. Why are you not sort of exploring these things? I, it seems like Jannard Avery is getting a little bit more work, which is positive. But it, it goes beyond just being responsible with your fir- first t- guys. You want your studs to be studs, and, and they've got some guys. But, you know, we're at that point where it's just irresponsible and stupid. Von Miller doesn't play anywhere near the reps that people want to think he does. Uh, he's probably got like a third of the snaps, less than half at this point, of, uh, of guys like Garrett Nokojobi. That's ridiculous. He's arguably the best pass rusher in the entire league. You just have to manage your guys. You look at the Patriots, like barely anybody, their, their defensive line, I think they got two guys who have played over 50% of the snaps for the season. Now, granted, some of that's because you know you can criticize and say, well, that's because they don't have any great players, but it's also because they're trying to keep these guys fresh so when they get into December, January, and potentially February, as they tend to do, they have somebody left where some of these other teams are wearing down. They're just ramping up, and then they can afford to really use these guys when they need them. The Browns are in a situation where they're just going to basically – run these guys into the ground, something's going to happen, and the bottom's going to fall out, which is exactly what happened last year when, when guys got, went down and got hurt. That's where this team is at. It's just stupid. But specifically in regards to Hugh Jackson, let's take players and everything out of this. What the hell was he doing at the end of the half? Right. Like, even if you're saying that you don't want to use timeouts to get the ball back, the thing that galled me to no end is even if you're saying, well, we, 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 we just want to get out of the half, fine. The play where they scored, why didn't you take a defensive timeout to say, look, let's get our ducks in a row. We see the, the formation they're in. We've got a young group of defenders. Give them a quick blow. Get them all on the same page. Get them out there. Maybe they change their play. Maybe they don't. And then you go into it. But you, instead of that, you took two – two timeouts I think to the locker room and they scored quickly because they just came out real quick and a bunch of a young team wasn't ready for that particular play it was a great call on the Steelers part but these are these are mistakes that don't matter about players they have nothing to do with who you have on your roster this is entirely about tactics and being able to think out what's supposed to happen and what gives you the best chance to win and he fails at that every single week well, and here's another one for me, though. But Todd Haley, the ball's on the one-yard line. Shotgun. Seriously, shotgun. I mean, and it was second down. And it was, I think it was first down again. And shotgun in that situation? Pete, why? Why? Right. And, and, and this was, remember, in the preseason, they, they did this. where The, they the Philadelphia the the Eagle game. The Eagle game. Absolutely. It, they threw it four times at the two-yard line or whatever it was, and everybody's like, well, this is just preseason. This is just preseason. They're just, they're, they're just working on stuff. This is who he is. Like, at some point, there's got to be a part of you that says, 
if we can't get in here running the ball four times with Nick Chubb, we don't deserve to score. And they did score, and it took an absolute miracle of a throw and catch to get it done on that throwback where Mayfield basically throws this beautiful arc that's so soft that Callaway with one arm was able to haul it in. When he can't catch it with two. Yeah, he can't catch it with two. The ball fits beautifully in one hand, and it goes touchdown, and then there's this element of, well, it worked. I guess that's okay. No, both those two plays before the or after the Chubb play were garbage. They were terrible. I don't care that they worked. Those were bad play calls, and we they keep doing this stuff. Like, bet on your dudes. Bet on your offensive line to say, look, man, we got to get in the end zone. We're going to get in here. You don't have to run it up the middle. You could run something like a toss to Dick Chubb or whatever. Quick pitch it, and he still ends up going downhill, but he finds a different hole. Whatever it is, don't just immediately go, well, we couldn't get in on the run. I guess we're throwing three times, and that's the mentality Todd Haley has. And and the, and the Q had it last year. They're both yep. way too cute. Out coach themselves, however you want to do it. They coach soft, and I know guys hate that stuff. Who play in there, and and I'm sure the quarterback loves it because he gets opportunities to throw, and the receivers probably love it a little bit. But offensive linemen and running backs are sitting there. Go, come on, man. We can get this yard. Believe in us. Give us a reason to believe in you. And he, they don't do it. They never do. Well, and the other issue of it is though is it's also, you know, even if you had a score on fourth and goal, you're shortening the game. You're resting your defense. You're keeping the other team's offense off the field. And that's part of what you're doing. I mean, if you want to give Ben Roethlisberger 65, 70 snaps, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to get it going eventually. And again, like they weren't really humming today other than James Conner. They weren't really humming. And it came that way. And it, it just, you know, you set them up for the storm. And the reason this game was as close as it was, and I'll be honest with you, when the f- ball first bounced after the fair uh, the fair catch on the safety-free kick, you know, I, Ryan Switzer was like, I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. So he just got the heck out of the way. So the biggest break that would kept it a game for another 8 to 10 minutes of game time was because Ryan Switzer was just a little bit confused. Uh, look, Ryan Switzer's a great player, and it was just a quirky point in the game, and he wasn't sure how to handle it. But that's what kept it to an 8 to 10 minutes. But other... And look, we've talked about this, Pete. Going into Pittsburgh once a year, right now, this is your measuring stick. These, this is the game. If you want to get to that level, this is the game you got to have. You can't just chalk this up as an automatic L every year, right? And and the that that fluky safety kick was the only thing that kept the Browns even respectable at that point. That's the difference between utter disgust and 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 making it look like a football game when it really wasn't and it took a bunch of penalties and a bunch of other things for them to get in the end zone but you're right i mean hugh jackson has we're at three and a half years now has never won a road game he's only won two regular season games entirely that's where this is at you and 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 i talked about this on the preview the Browns have played significantly better at home this year than they have on the road so I think people talk themselves into 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 this idea that oh well the Browns played them pl- close last last time which by the way took Miles Garrett to basically single handedly get them to that overtime uh, it wasn't really that close but it was just another again fluky to get them there but they go on the road they're not a good road team they look worse at every aspect and special teams was a problem again by the way Hugh Jackson took credit for that improvement last week. I'm wondering if he took that credit in the press in the presser afterwards. Uh, how great they were this week! 
Uh, the- He's going to mention how he didn't have the time because you had to help Todd Haley this week because when you're throwing people under the bus, that's what you got to do. I, I would think, if anything, he's just tired from physically grabbing and throwing people under buses. But, I mean, it's just there's just nothing to defend here anymore. And, and yet there are still people out there trying to find ways to make this work. And I don't understand what they're getting. Now, I, 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 I can sort of understand the idea that you don't want to fire them until after the season. I kind of understand that. But at this point, I don't really care. We all have to come to the same conclusion that after the season or now or whenever, whether the Browns decide they're just going to forfeit the rest of the season or play it, the coaching staff has to be gone. And all of them, not anyone can survive this. They all have to be gone. Purge the entire thing, move on, and just get that whole funk out of there. Because half the, the, the moves they made, and you mentioned Jarvis Landry, who's overrated and had a great fourth quarter and, and end of the third quarter last week, Complete non-factor, and this should have been a game where he was was effective against his, an entirely based zone team. But this was a he's going to change the culture guy. Tyrod was he's going to change the culture guy. Carlos Hyde he's changing the culture. Apparently in Jacksonville, pass blocking like shit today, getting beat uh, for for multiple well, he, big plays there. He handled it like an English gentleman today, though. Come on, come on, Pete. He he made sure he gave a little tap and didn't do his job. And yes, I believe it was less than two yards per carry. So Carlos so, Hyde people. So, yeah, just don't. I don't want to hear the term changing the culture. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen because of the kids you added, like Miles Garrett, uh, Baker Mayfield, Larry Ogunjobi, Joe Schobert, Denzel Ward, Jabril Peppers. Those are the guys that are gonna do it. And now you've got to get a coaching staff that deserves the talent you've brought in and is gonna make maximize them. That's what's gonna change. That's what's gonna make it happen. That and winning. The rest of this is all meaningless crap, and I'm so sick of hearing about platitudes. I'm so sick of hearing about, well, we've got to get quote-unquote young guy, or we've got to get somebody who, who's got some whatever connection to Ohio. I don't care. Just get a good head coach who can hire a good staff and plays good football. That's all you need, and that's all they need to worry about. Forget all the rest of this. Let's worry about that. You know, I 100% agree, um, guys. If uh, you know uh, Stephen Thomas, obviously a big friend of the uh, big big friend of the show. Uh, at Brown's Daily Mock Draft, uh, if you check his tweet with the uh, you know, the Johnny Depp, <laughs> go ahead and check that one out. That one is perfect because that is a perfect exa- uh, example of what is going on right now with Baker Mayfield. He is literally running for his life. Uh, guys, Chris Manning does a fantastic job over at Locked On Cavs. And the reason I'm going to go to Locked On Cavs today is Tyron Lue has been relieved of his duties. Uh, could we maybe get a Lue-Hugh connection? But, uh, you know, look, if, whether or not anybody's going to be fired... It's got to come to that point. But Chris Manning, Locked on Cavs, guys, go ahead and check that out. Pete, uh, whether or not anybody gets canned tomorrow, I have no idea. But yet, here's just yet another issue. Uh, kicker, you cannot leave four points on the field. Uh, whether it's a Zane Gonzalez or whether it's my guy, you know, uh, R- Ross Miller. Uh, you got uh, you got to do something here. You have to do something kicker-wise. You cannot, 46-yard field goals, Extra points. This crap can't go on. Ross uh, Martin, yes. Martin, Wow, yes. that's interesting. Miles Garrett apparently said they should have stuck with week one defensive game plan with Steelers instead of switching looks up this week. If that's actually what he said, wow. Shot across the bow. So um, throw them all out. You know what? Just, I mean, I, I don't even know what to do at this point. I, I, 
Just go ahead. I, but yes, I no as far as kicker, not, first, I'm totally for getting Zane Gonzalez back, but I'd have no problem with getting Ross Martin and his, you know, his elaborate warm-up routine or Carlos, whatever, the that kid who used to kick for the Chiefs or whatever. Santos. Part, yeah, DeSantos. Part of it is take the kicker out of the game. Like, I, 100%. I, I, what, like, everybody goes criticizes these coaches for going for two, but – they don't make the kicks and the extra points. Why do you criti- why why would you go for two? Like I hate the idea that you're going to sit here and go, "Well, we lost the kicker. We lost the game because of a kicker." Don't put it on the kicker. Like take that out of the game. Like sure, at some point you need to make field goals. Like you missed a 41 yard or whatever it was. Uh, that's that's you know you got to make those. Now I I do think the Browns too often look like they're playing for field goals. Uh, with the Todd Haley offense, but as far as the extra point goes, go for two. It's a 50-50 proposition for the most part. You're going to end up with the same amount or more, and at least at that point, again, you're saying to the offense, we're going to make this happen. We're You guys got us here. We're going to go there. And God, for God's sake, it's practice for that. So in the future, Let's say next year, even if it's a different coaching step, they have experience going for two, and they have all these little reps built up where it's not like as it's it's sort of run of the mill for them. It's just another play. You don't get it, you move on. You do get it, great, and hopefully you up that percentage just like you would with a kicker. You'd hope it go from like seventy-five percent up to like ninety percent, but it get those guys those reps, instill that confidence, build. If you want to talk about if, if you want to talk about culture, that's the way you do it. You do it by building confidence in these guys and get them in reps that are going to help them. And if nothing else, two-point conversions in the regular season feel like playoff reps. Those are opportunities to make big plays in the red zone. You can't get enough of those opportunities. So if you're losing now, you may as well give them more reps, red zone opportunities whenever possible. It's, absolutely, it's something they absolutely need. And obviously, they don't really have much confidence in him. And it seems like they think he's a great story because he beat the Ravens. But look, the kid can't kick, and, and that's fine. But you can't tell me you can't find five, six, seven guys who are better than him. And the point is, you cannot be leaving points on the field at this point. You cannot be having guys giving up points, Desmond Harrison, things of this nature. And look, you know whether or not maybe it's time to yank Desmond Harrison out of there for a week or two and switch the O-line up. And it's great that we want to develop Desmond Harrison but Austin Corbett doesn't get to play, who we have a tremendous amount invested in. There's things here that just need to change. And whether or not people are fired or not, I don't care. But it's over, guys. The the, the 9-7 season, the maybe we can contend for a wild card, which was never happening, that needs to go. You need to play every guy, 25, 24, 23, 22, 21, whatever. Get these guys the reps. 19 is very attainable for a successful season. You need to focus on that. Yeah, and and, and the, part of the problem is now you're going to run into this coaching. This is this is again this is the headache of keeping this coaching staff. They don't have a 19, at least not here. And that's sort of the battle you're having against it. Which, by the way, at least it, it certainly looked like John Dorsey took that decision out of their hands when it came to Nick Chubb by getting rid of Carlos Hyde, that a coaching staff incompetently who couldn't evaluate their own talent was looking for 
looking everything on 18 and John Dorsey sitting there going, well, look, man, I'm going to be here next year. I got to get some of these guys in here, which by the, and helped them now. And they couldn't take advantage of it. Uh, but, but that's where this has to go. And this is going to be a frustrating battle is, is, and, and I, I don't know what those conversations sound like in the event that Hugh Jackson's fired, that you're basically saying, if you're John Dorsey, look, man, we, we want to win now, certainly, but we're not going to be stupid and try to try to drag this team down, you know, for the benefit of now and hurt our future because he has one. And that's that's going to be an issue and that's going to be a, a lingering cloud over this. And, and I, I understand there were a lot of, you know, circumstances with why Hugh Jackson was retained this last year. But this is the problem with keeping Hugh Jackson for that last year. Is is now full on disaster. Everybody should have seen this coming. The writing has been on the wall since Hard Knocks. When you saw the incompetence live and in color, and you couldn't freaking accept reality then, you assumed all oh, things will be fine. They're not. They're not going to be this year. Hopefully, these kids make it through it, and you make the team better. And that's where I'm going with this because I, I and, and this is what came out today because you know Ian Rappaport and everything that came out and you know Mary Kay Cabot. And everybody kind of planting the flag for who was ever in their ear. The players are better than this. The players are more mature than this. They're together. But when you have three, uh, two coordinators and a head coach all in survival mode, the, what is best for the core of this team, which is damn good? And guys, look, you know we could go on for hours on this. Pete's aggravated. I'm freaking aggravated because we know it's a better product than what we're seeing here today. We're going to put an end to this because, look, life goes on and we got more shows to do this week. But, my God, this was a piss-poor effort because we're not sure. Look, the cooks are doing what they need to do. But the general managers in the kitchen, that's the question we have. And, and that's where we're at because they're putting themselves above what's beneath them. And that is not the way. And, I, and Pete coaches, I've coached. Look, the, 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 the approach here is wrong. And, and, it's, and it's terrible because... It should be about the young man. It should be about the guys, and it should be about the players, and it shouldn't be about what is the bigger agenda for you. And that is the biggest freaking issue here. And it, look, if a change is going to come, it, it should be a huge one. It shouldn't be a tiny one. Every every one of them are at fault. Whether it's Greg, Todd, Hugh, every one of them is at fault to a ton. So I mean, how you pick and choose in this scenario, I have no freaking idea. If you want to move all three, you want to keep all three, or you just want to say, you know what? Shut the heck up and just do what's best for these kids because that's probably what the right approach that should be here now. But that's where we're at. Guys, Pete Smith, follow him on Twitter, at underscore Pete Smith. Uh, There's another underscore in there. You'll find him. You'll find him. Uh, read the work over at NFL Spin Zone. Guys, follow the show at Locked On Browns. We keep it a follow back account. account. I appreciate you guys so much for everything over there. Uh, follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, if you want to troll either account and I've blocked you from it, don't think I don't remember when you've gone on to the next account and tried to troll there. Guys, I have a good memory. I'm good with that stuff. Um, tough loss today. We'll do John Costco tomorrow. We'll get a bunch of other great shows out this week. Um, it's It's been tough. I understand. And I understand fans are frustrated. And you should be. Because they are better than what we're seeing as an on-field product right now. And I don't think it's on the, I don't think it's on the players. I think it's on the leadership. And that's where we're at right now. Guys, until the next time we talk, let's go Browns, LGB on the LOB.